computer. All right, five, four, three, two, one. Hey, everybody, welcome to our fourth edition of the BGA Junior Talk Show. Um, of course, my name is Ro Thompson, and um, it, it, you know this is our fourth edition, and the, our, our junior talk shows have been going well. We've had some special guests on the talk show over the past couple of months, and um, it's really starting to to uh, to, to pick up. Um, and tonight we got two more special guests that y'all are going to hear from in just a few minutes. But before we do that, you all, um, I had a chance over the last couple of days to, to highlight some of our juniors and to show some of the results uh, that, that we're starting to have over the last couple of weeks. Of course, COVID-19 put a little bit of damper in some of the, the play between March and, and May, but things are starting to pick up on the junior circuit. So let me just kind of share my screen with you so y'all can see some of the results that are happening uh, with our juniors, okay? So give me a, so give me one second. I'm going to pull that screen up so y'all can see it. All right. So here's some of our junior results that are happening right now. Uh, man, this is uh, this is great. Of course, to uh, start off the recognition tonight, y'all know Cam is just totally tearing it up right now. Uh, six years old, doing some major things. Uh, just finished first in the junior uh, Georgia Invitational. Uh, give me one second, y'all. If you're if you're um, uh, I think uh, uh, he U.S. kids. He finished first at Mystery Valerie, um, Corey, and of course uh, in the in a GS GA Houston Lake tournament, he was exempted into the tournament and played with a ten and eleven year olds. Now, he, now keep in mind, this kid is only six, and he finished second. Man, that's awesome, y'all. Let's give it up. Let's give it up for for, for little Cam. Uh, great job, Dad. Great job, Corey. That is awesome, man. All right. All right, next, guys, uh, we've got uh, Vivian Lott. Man, y'all know Vivian is tearing it up right now. Uh, she finished fifth in the U.S. Kids Red, White, and Blue Invitation in Pinehurst. We just left there. Uh, she finished first in, in, the, in the U.S. Kids at Newman, first in the U.S. Kids Fairways, and then the U.S. Kids um, uh, at, uh, at the Oaks. And so Vivian is really tearing things up right now. She's doing an awesome job. Um, all right, so let's see who we got next. We've got um, we've got Matthew uh, Vital, uh, first in the Philly PGA Junior Qualifier, first in the PGA Lehigh Valley Open, and the tenth he finished tenth in the Pennsylvania State Men's Amateur, and the youngest to ever qualify for that event. So awesome job, Matthew! Awesome job, man! That's a big dang on deal. All right. Then we had Awesome Burnett. Awesome, you ain't excited, man. Awesome finished uh, first in the Texas Junior Golf Tour, uh, first at, at the Spring Break AAT, and then he finished first at the Latana Classic. Y'all give it up for Awesome, man. That's great. Big deal, Awesome. Keep up the good work, Bo. Keep up the good work. All right, let's see who we got next. Then we got old Dayton Reed out of Chicago. Uh, finished second at the Kinston. Uh, Detroit. Oh, uh, <laughs> Oh, give me one second, y'all. Get him, Mr. Reed. Get him, Mr. Reed. <laughs> I am, we ain't from Chicago, man. We're from Detroit, bro. Detroit. That's right. That's right. Detroit. Miss, I don't know why I said Chicago. Uh, <laughs> second at Eagle Crest. Uh, third at Kenson at Heartland. And then first at, at – I don't know. You can help me with this, uh, Karee. Uh, Shimon – Shimon Hills. Yes, sir. Shimon Hills. So, big deal, Dayton. That's a big deal, buddy. Big deal. Then we got Kendall Jackson. Kendall Jackson, 
uh, finished fifth out of 28 players as the, at the STPGA Prestige. Um, she, she, she just finished her final round at the big uh, tournament in Pinehurst at the North and South Junior Championship. Um, you know, last two rounds, outstanding. So hats off to Kendall, big deal. Big deal, uh, Maurice, what you're doing with Kendall uh, down there in Texas. That's a big dang on deal. Then we have Michael, Michael Vitell, uh, finished first at Iron Lake in the Iron Lakes Junior Invitational, first at the Green Pond Junior Invitational, doing some awesome things. Hats off to the Vitell family. Then, of course, you got my son, John Thompson, finished first at the Top 50 Junior Tour at Traces Run, finished first at the SCJGA uh, sectional at Beach Creek, for, uh, T4 um, at the sectional at Oak Hills, and T3 at the U.S. Kids Charwood. So he's making some power moves over the last couple of weeks. Then we got Ty Treadwell, who's just burning it up right now in Nebraska. Uh, first at the U.S. Kids Midwest State. Uh, he finished uh, in the Nebraska Junior Tour. He's got four victories as of today, and he's got a T3 and a T6. Pass off to my man Ty. Great job, Sean, that you're doing with Ty. So those are just a few of the results that we wanted to share with you all tonight. Um, if y'all get a chance before our next webinar, send me some of the results that your juniors are having um, so we can showcase them um, on our webinars, okay? So that's a big dang on deal that we, that's, that's happening in the, in the junior golf world, okay? So give me, some, give me a second, y'all. I got somebody... Oh, that's Gus. What's up, Gus? <laughs> he just Gus putting messages in the chat. But anyway, y'all. What's up? <laughs> so listen, y'all. Um, not to you know delay us anymore. Um, I want to introduce our first guest tonight. Um, you know, you know, you know, Andre. You all. He's 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 uh, he's been all over Facebook. He's all been all over social media. Um, he's uh, he's the founder of DNA Golf. Um, instruction. Uh, he's, you know, you know, I wish I lived a little closer. I have little John working with him a little bit, but, uh, you know, I love his, his lessons that he's showcasing on Facebook. Um, he's doing some great things in the community. He's doing some great things in Michigan and I'm going to let, I'm going to allow him to, uh, kind of tell his story a little bit. Um, but before I do that, um, I just want to say, Dre, thank you for taking the time out tonight. And um, thank you to thank you for coming on the Junior Podcast Show. And so, uh, Dre, uh, real quick, man, tell us uh, tell us about your journey in the game of golf, real quick. Sure. For one, thank you for having me, Ro. Um, I, I, I get goosebumps when I hear the talent that we have, and, and it kind of confirms what I already thought. Um, and and we're going in the right direction. Uh, but in relation to me and golf, uh, my father picked it up for business reasons. I'm the baby of four boys. Uh, growing up in Lansing, Michigan, and my father was an engineer working for uh, different automotive companies and, and going into that sales role and had to pick it up for the business reasons, the reasons that we see the CEOs and have the golf outings. So he was picking it up for that reasons. And being the baby, it was either go with him or, or hang out with mom at the hair salon. So it was better to, to, to go to the golf course with dad. Um, and I think it was, was a great uh, thing in my life and became a staple um, just like many of our other kids, many of the adults that, that have these great juniors, grew up playing every sport, basketball, football, ran track, uh, wrestled. Um, and a lot of times I was the kid that was picked first in those sports. So very athletic. Um, and with golf, um, that athleticism came through, even without golf instructors understanding or teaching based on 
athleticism. Um, and you could see the talent in relation to a lot of other kids in my area. I was fortunate in Lansing to have two other African-American students uh, that I grew up with since the age of about seven or eight. And we all grew up playing golf together. Tight-knit families, had some white families involved with that as well. But what we had was enough people in a large enough golf community to get kids to the golf course as we got older, mm -hmm. to do the carpooling thing um, in relation to tournaments and to share the, the roles within our, our individual community. So that's the basis of golf for me. Um, had success early, had some failures early. Um, I think what makes me a, a great instructor is, is, is those failures that I had at, at almost every level. Um, having the talent that I see some of these kids have, uh, but maybe not having the mentors or certain people in place to help, help, uh, help me grow in those, those, uh, those roles. Um, but now that I am an adult and, and have had those experiences, played my college golf at Tennessee State University, um, obviously as a PJ professional, uh, developing my, my golf philosophy and how I teach. Now I'm in a position to be a mentor, to be an asset, not only to those students, but also to the parents. And uh, uh, that's why I'm glad I'm here, Ro. Good. Thank you. Thank you, Dre. So, Dre, um, being, being an instructor, um, looking, at my, looking at my notes for a second, just uh, being an instructor, um, what, what, are, what are some of the things that you would say to uh, help uh, the junior, the juniors transition a little bit uh, better as, as they go through the junior rankings, uh, mm -hmm. looking towards playing college golf. What are some of the things that you would say would be uh, some of the things that need that they need to focus on? Some of the things that they need to work on because we got juniors all over. We got juniors from Texas, Nebraska, Michigan, South Carolina, uh, Georgia. What are some of the things that you think they should be focused on right now? Well, I, I think the theme, and, and obviously we, we change this up based on the age of, of the individual golfer. But as our, our, our kids get to about the age of 10 or 11, they start to control their own destiny in relation to golf. So the one thing that I'm going to tell all the young people is work harder. I don't care how hard you're working. You see how many faces are like ours on that PGA Tour. And half of it may be because of some of the issues that are going on, but the other half may be because they're not good enough yet. So work harder. If you have that talent at this age, we need you to persevere. That's another word that I would share with you. And we have to have a tougher skin in our game. This is an individual sport. You don't have much to rely on when you're out there, okay? We have our people to help us get in those positions, to help us get in the position to win or to be in the, the tournament or event. But the bottom line is that we have to work hard and we have to take the responsibility to succeed when we have that opportunity. So that's a message that I'm beating home with our young people because that's something that we see with all those successful people, Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, anybody that we know, they're self-driven and they will take the extra step. I don't care if it's playing tiddlywinks, playing basketball in the park. Their goal is to win and to take the advantage over whoever the opponent is. So at a very early age, we have to put that into our, our, our children's minds. And as adults, we have to let them fail, okay? We cannot control their success or their failure. We have to let them fail, be able to answer questions, but we have to let them figure this out on their own. That way they'll be stronger without us. And, and, that, and, that's, and that's great that you uh, said that, Dre. So, Dre, let me ask you this. What are some of the things that you do to help players work on the, the mental part of the game? You know, you, know, you know, one of the things that we've been battling with recently is the, the ups and downs through the round. Uh, what are some things that, that, that 
the juniors can do to work on the ups and downs, the, the mental part of the game, and just understanding that one bad hole don't make or break your round. So what would right. you say on that, Dre? Yes, there's, there's, a, lot, there's a lot to that. And, and, and once again, this is where golf mirrors life. There's nobody that has a perfect life. There's nobody that does things without mistakes. So we have to be willing to make those mistakes to have the success. But in play, once again, looking at golf as a sport, what do we see in other sports and other situations with anxiety? I will tell you that it's very important to have a pre-shot routine that is, is calming, that puts you in a position to make a consistent move and to advance even when the things are getting bad. And when I mean pre-shot routine, I'm talking about everything from your practice swings, you're envisioning the shot prior, how you're breathing, the amount of time you're standing over the golf ball. These are things that as soon as pressure builds up, as soon as you start to feel like you're making a mistake, that will change. But if we practice that pre-shot routine, we can kind of get ourselves back in a mode after a bad hole. Um, and I remember even as a junior golfer, a lot of times, because having Tiger as an image, my pre-shot routine was Tiger's pre-shot routine. If I hit one out of bounds, made a double bogey, it was almost innate that I went to that pre-shot routine and I almost 100% of the time, I'd say 90, 90% of the time, had a pretty successful hole in that next hole. So every opportunity for failure is an opportunity for success. Don't worry about that double bogey. I'm glad you're having it as a junior golfer, right? We want you to have those now, right? And if you can figure out how to overcome it before you get older, then once again, you get in those situations, you'll, you'll be great. One example of that. Once again, Ro, for all the parents that are around, we remember watching Tiger in that first amateur. Right. And did he hit fairways? No, he didn't hit fairways. He hit it far. He, he was hitting it left, right, in the trees, all over the place. Right. But he was making birdies from those positions, mm -hmm. right? Because he had a tough enough mind state to overcome when his golf, was, golf swing was fatiguing in that second 36-hole round. So once again, guys, this is about building the mind and, and building our body to have those pre-shot routines that we see similar to a baseball pitcher, similar to a, ba a basketball player shooting a free throw, similar to a quarterback going through his pre-reads prior to hiking that, that football. Um, a tennis player, same thing when they're serving. So we see the same thing in every sport, this, this routine uh, of getting into a mode that helps you be consistent in relation to your performance. That's good. That's good. Pre-shot routine. Uh, just making sure you keep your mind in, in the right, right frame of mind as you get ready to go to the next hole. That's, that's really important. So, Dre, what, what are some of the, the areas of, of junior golf that you think juniors really need to tighten and, and, and hone in on to make sure they take their game to the next level? Well, I think, you know, once again, as a PJ professional, and, and we see programs like Ops 36 now, and, and you know, the history of golf, once again, we drive for show, but we putt for dough, right? So even as that body fatigues after practicing all day, um, the guys that we're seeing on TV on the leaderboard, they all hit it the same. The ones that we're seeing are the ones that are making the putts that week, right? They're the ones that are getting up and down and having more birdie opportunities. So the scoring elements of golf are what we can control, especially at a very young age, Right. Like where, where uh, Mr. Reed's son uh, here up here in Detroit, right? right? I'm, I'm keeping my eyes on you, Mr. Reed. Um, <laughs> but, but, but what he's doing, he, he's developing, you know, a long game and has an excellent golf swing, but I'm sure those short game elements are improving as well. Right. So 
with all of the children that we're seeing having success. Um, I, I guarantee that they're pulling out pars in places where other people are making bogeys. They're making birdies in other situations where people are making pars. And that's got to be the mindset of us. And we make up those strokes within 100 yards of the hole. Games, activities, parents, you know, getting them playing games where they don't understand how many reps that they're doing, right? And, and, and having them engaging with that repetitious, you know, repetitious motion within 100 yards with all the different shots and using their imagination to create those shots. Hey, that's that's awesome, Dre. And you speak of, you speak of some of the players on the tour, Dre. Who's who? Who's some of your favorite uh, players on the tour besides Tiger, of course? Ah, it's so hard. That's a hard one because Tiger. And, and for the young guy holding on, y'all see it. It's awesome, right? Ty, you have no idea what it was like to watch him every single day. Right. Like he didn't miss cuts. He didn't miss a putt within ten feet. So for me to tell you that it's hard because. Who I like right now, I love Roy McIlroy. I think he's got the best golf swing out there. Um, I love Brooks Kepka. That's my philosophy, right? I'm teaching athletic motions because golf is a sport. And we right. forget that because most of our instructors weren't very athletic. So they got into these techni technical things in relation to how we move and think and process. But golf is a sport just like everything else, right? So I love those two guys. But even with that being said, all these guys miss cuts, right? And all of them, they can't withstand the way that I saw my, my childhood hero kind of withstand. So I see talent. Um, I really like Ricky Fowler. I wish we could figure out a way to tighten up that iron game a little bit more so we can get a major. I think he's great for the game. Harold Varner, I, 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 feel, I see so much myself and how he walks and how he talks. And the fact that when he gets all the way up there, when he's in the PGA Championship or whatever it was, with Brooks Kepka, he makes birdie on the first hole. If that doesn't tell you where he's going, right, I love where that kid's going. And us as a community, we got to hold off and just watch it and enjoy it because he's going to win, right? We don't have to worry about him getting there and losing. So there are a lot of young guys that are out there. Um, the good thing is, once again, we're building swings based on athleticism now, not necessarily technical thoughts. There are some of those technical thoughts involved, but because of golf equipment, it's more about that, the velocity, the power you can create, and how easy is it to put a wedge in your hand, right? So there's a lot of guys that I like, but, but I would tell you that, that you know, like I said, Roy Kepka, you know, those are my guys and the guys that I feel are, are closest to what, what, you know, what Tiger kind of is, but they're, they're not even close, right? So, but, but I love watching those two guys play. Good, man. Those are good players. Those are good players, Dre. And uh, Dre, before we open it up for some Q&A, Q man, what are, some of the, what are some of the dream courses that you want to eventually play before you hang up the, the, the sticks? Oh, man. So I got, I got three of them. And I had to think long and hard about this because, to tell you the truth, being from Michigan, man, I, I like a good city course with large trees and long par fours and not a lot of chances to score. But the three courses I have to play, Pebble Beach, um, St. Andrews, um, and we'd love to play the Masters, man. We'd love to get out there and just get out there and just think about, you know, life, history, America, and, and just experience that, right? I think, I think that that would be something that would be, be awesome. Good, good. Those are, some, those are all elite courses, of course, and, uh, and I think uh, those three courses would probably be on everybody's top five or top ten list, so those are awesome courses. 
So Dre, let's open it up for some Q&A, man. We got about, about 10, 11 parents on here, uh, junior parents that would love to just pick your brains a little bit as, you, uh, you, as you're one of the elite teachers across the country. Uh, we see some of the videos that you put out and uh, we really appreciate that because there's no cost for that. And right. so, you know, that's a, that's a big deal, man. And, you know, I try to implement some of the stuff that you teach on, on as well. So let's open it up for some Q&A. Anybody got any questions for um, Andre? Yes, Gus, I have a quick question. Yes. Yeah, so is there such a thing as too much teaching? Uh, for us, if you have a junior, um, how often would you want to see that junior if it's not a lit level? Do you say once a month for maintenance? Uh, how, when do you say it's too much training is, could be a bad thing for the game or the junior? Yeah, this is what I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I think happens is especially – I look at this as a child that's about maybe 11 or 12 with, with decent talent around this age. Um, I want them making more decisions, right? I, I, want them, I want them to take more responsibility in what they want to do because nine times out of 10, you know, and we know this, we can reaffirm it, but if they don't put the work in, they will not get the result. If they put the work in, eh, they might get the result, but they might not. They might have to work harder, right? So, I'm playing this game with not, not a game, but it, 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 it ends, it ends up falling on, on what the individual wants to do and what I'm hearing from them. I look at every student as an individual. This is one thing that I don't think golf instructors do. I, my, my mother had her PhD in child psychology. What one child needed in that classroom was completely different than the other child. So I need for, for, for me not to have paradigms or things that I do with every child because I know it's not pertinent with every child. So it's, it's, a, it's a difficult question. A lot of times you can tell by the work ethic or the attitude based on failure or success, and it can help you gear that. But once they get in that competitive age, it's up to them to make that choice a little bit. Same with the tour. I mean, we could talk about Bruce Letsky who hated hitting range balls before a tournament or Jim, or, uh, uh, Jim Dent who would uh, you know, be gambling until three o'clock in the morning but could still win the tournament, right? Or, or a person like Tiger who grinds out, they all have a different mode. But once again, this is kind of what DNA is about. Figuring out at a very, very early age what type of child that is and gearing things towards that child. You all know your kids, right? And you know the differences. And I, I, would, I would say go with that and get the, the, the feedback from your child to feel if the direction's going the right way. That's good, that's good. Next question for Andre. Hey Dre, I have a question. Um, I'm not a parent, but I know you are. I'm curious as an instructor, because I've struggled with this sometimes when I teach kids, what advice would you give the parents in regards to helping their child, especially on, in competition? You know, there's some things that I would say parents do that I think hinders their kids. So yes. I'm curious as to what you suggest. I'm so glad you brought this up because this, this is where, where we have an opportunity um, with our young, young African-American juniors. Okay, um, like I said, from a parent perspective, wh what I hear from my division one coach friends and, and my, my friends that, that coach is, they don't really like dealing with the elite American parent, right? They, they feel like they're overbearing and that they try to control what every, everything that the kid does even when they get to college. They love the foreign kid because they come in hungry, ready to work, ready to take advantage of the situation, the scholarship, in order to make something for themselves. We have to make our kids think that way. 
right? And by doing that, we have to let them fail. Mm. It will be okay. They will be, I promise you, they will be okay. And they will learn from their failures. They will not succeed until they fail. I tell my kids and my parents all the time that when these people, when these children were babies, we watched them fall every day, yeah. every day. You know what they didn't do? They didn't complain about it. They didn't worry about it. They got up and they tried again the next day, right? And we helped them a little bit, but really the ones that did it the best way stood back and let the kid figure it out for himself, right? As soon as they figured out how to walk, what happened? They didn't stop there. They started trying to run immediately. So what I'm saying is if they have the success themselves and we step back and let it happen, we are creating monsters. <laughs> this is what happens in tennis and why we have a little more success there. It's a little easier there, I think, because athleticism comes through a little easier. But we have to let our kids fail in order to succeed. And even me, I feel like my parents could have let me fail a little bit more. They might have hugged me and been a little too close when I was struggling, right? When if they would have backed away and just let me process what was going on, just like I saw my star athletes do when they lost, Michael Jordan to the Detroit Pistons, right? I, I saw that. We, they, we learn from these, from these situations. So we're already protected because you're there in the household with them. Mm -hmm. I'm not worried about them having failure. The more failure they have, the more success they'll have down the line. That's just my, my belief in that regard. So be there, be in tune with it, but do more watching and observing than controlling. That would be my, 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 my take for the parents. Hey, Dre, give, yes. me, give, me, give us an example of, of a parent trying to be like really controlling um, and not allowing the kids to really flourish. Um, a, a couple of examples, like I, I always think of like, like rule situations in a junior tournament, right? Where, where there's an overbearing parent that feels their child is being either disrespected or, or, or being taken advantage of or the rule is wrong, right? And, and this energy comes out from it and all of a sudden we're negative. And, and what I'm saying is that if you start being negative, your child is picking up on that. And we've all seen it in one regard or another, either with our, you know, our white counterpart or, or somebody in our own circle, right? And it's never good. Like, even for me, I remember, and this is one of the things when my mom, my mom probably, I couldn't have been more than, than 10 years old. I, I had to, I had marked my golf ball and had to move my place using my putter to move it. And the, the, little, the little kid knew what he was doing, right? And, you know, I forgot to move it back. Yeah. And he told me as soon as I putted it that I forgot. Then the rules guy came over and we had this whole thing. And I, I ended up having to take these strokes. And, man, I, I felt like I was going to die. But like I said, man, I made it through it. And the next time I saw that kid in the next tournament, he got waxed, just like everybody else did. And I think I finished second in the tournament. Right. You feel what I'm saying? Like, like so it's, it's not bad to have that. And once again, in all sports – we have that, especially with the older, you know, playground rules that we used to have with basketball and getting picked first and last and all of this stuff. So I, 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 our kids, kids have been through wars. Kids have been through slavery. Like we, we are from something that is tougher than nails. So why are we afraid to let our kids just deal with something by themselves? Go with that. And from an instructor standpoint, it gives me more opportunity to step in and, and have more coachable moments which is what I want. I want coachable moments. I don't want a perfect kid. So don't send me one, right? Send me, send me a kid that's, that's the kid, not what you're, you're putting that's on top. Tough. There you go.
All right, let's get one last question in here for Andre uh, before we get our next, next guest speaker on. Any, any additional questions for Dre? Okay, all right. Well, Dre, man, thank you, man. That was awesome. Thank uh, you. We want to, we, we really, really appreciate you here at BGA uh, Junior Talk thank Show. Thank you very much. Hey, thank you. Y'all give it up for Dre. Y'all give it up for Dre, everybody. Thank you, Dre. Hey, bro, I, I did want to say one thing real quick. Yes, sir. Just, just real quick. Like, my, my company mission statement is to teach golf to everybody at every level, at every background, right? So right now I'm at a private club, so I got a high-end rate. I'm at a, a community course, city course. I got a middle-class rate, and I'm teaching five kids for free in my community, okay? My next step is to get a nonprofit going so I can connect with you guys and start trying to travel to you to help your kids and other people in your communities link everything together at some point and I, I want to be a part of that so use me as an asset and I want to give it away for free for the people that need it so keep me in mind as you all guys right. go forward thank you, thank you for that, appreciate you Dre all right Dre hang tight if you can man we got uh we got some juniors that you might want to hear from okay well listen guys uh next up um as our guest speaker is uh you know I can't say enough about this kid he's doing some awesome things and you know everybody's watching them across the country and um, I just think there's some juniors and some junior parents that like to hear from him. Um, you know, awesome Burnett, you all, is just tearing it up right now. Uh, one of the top juniors in the country. And so, uh, awesome. How you feeling, man? Feeling good. How are you doing? Good, good, good. Hey, what's up, Mark? You doing okay? Hello. <laughs> I'm all good. Right. So, so, awesome, man. <laughs> Tell us about your journey in golf, man. Um, how, how old were you when you got started? Give us a little bit of little bit of history about about the about your golf journey. I was like I wanna say two maybe when I picked up the first golf club. Just got started hanging around him. Hanging <laughs> around there. He used to big yeah, just he used to take me to the golf course as a baby. Baby sent me there. Just picked up on it. Good, good, good. And so so awesome. What's your what's your what's your favorite uh, thing about the game of golf because I know you are a, a high level competitor, but what's your what's your what's your favorite part of, of the game of golf? Honestly, I just how hard it is, just how, how satisfying it is. You play pretty well. Good, good, good. And so, and so knowing what you know now, awesome, you've been playing, you know, 10 years, 11 years. Um, what, what do you think? What do you think about about your game that makes you stand out? amongst juniors i mean what's what's special what do you feel is special about you honestly i don't feel like a whole lot is special about me i just feel like kind of just practice a lot got to this point yeah and and, and how 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 you know, when you say practice a lot how many how many hours would you say you practice um awesome a day depends on the day but usually somewhere around Maybe like four hours. Okay. That's okay. probably not counting playing holes. And what and what and what are some of the things that you really focus on when you practice? Depends on what I need to focus on, but usually for like putting, it'd be putting stroke and then just kind of swing mechanics. And then after that it's just really decision making on the course. Gotcha, gotcha. And 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 awesome, what do you do to focus on the the mental part of the game? Now your dad told me what you do, but I want everybody to really hear what do you, what do you, what, what helps you when it comes to the mental part of the game? Just really 
trying to stay focused, trying to stay relaxed, and especially in the middle of a round when you know, if you had a wayward shot or make a bogey or something, you just find something that keeps you calm, keeps you focused on the next shot. Okay. And he was telling me about these reports that you do from time to time. You, how, how do you like those reports you have to do? Sorry, what'd you say? He, he was telling me about the reports that you have to do from time to time. How do you like those reports? Oh, those really help me with my mental game. Those really help me process information, especially just how, how the brain works and stuff like that's going on. Good, good, good. And um, what's your pre-round routine, Austin? When you get ready, when you when you pull up at a tournament, what's your what's your what's your pre-round routine? Usually, it's just you no know, putt. Just work on putting stroke. Make sure it's in order. Then I'll just kind of go back and forth between a couple different holes. Just work on speed. After that, probably just drop a couple of balls, hit a bunch of different putts. Just get a feel for the greens. And then after that, hit some chip shots, hit some bunker shots hit some balls and then go play. All right, so you don't go to the range first? And, and hit no, I don't go to the range first. Huh? I don't go to the range first unless COVID forces me to. Okay, okay, that's, that's good. And, and, why, and, and why, do you, why do you feel like the short game is, is more important than going to the range to hit bombs? Because uh, it's just working on feel and feel is such a touchy thing. You can lose it very easily. It's happened to me very quickly. Good, good. That's that's good. That's good because you know I, I know a lot of juniors. The first thing one they want to do when they get you know when they get to a, a tournament is they want to go to the range and start hitting balls and pounding balls and instead of working on the short game and the putting and the chipping. So that's that's really good. Man, we go to the range. I mean, to the putting green first because Tiger go to the putting green first. Keep it one hundred. <laughs> That's, That's why we go to the putting green. First. Mark, Mark, I'm telling you, Mark, that is that is key. Because we just do the same thing he do, bro. <laughs> exactly. That's it. Ain't That's no good. lies. That's good, Mark. That's really good. And so, um, how do you keep it fun, awesome? Because I mean, you you know, you win a lot. You know, you know, you're, you're blessed with, with with incredible talent. But how does awesome keep it fun? Oh, it wasn't having fun. Wouldn't be doing this. I'll be honest, but it's the main way to keep it fun. I'm usually out there with my friends a lot, so that tends to help. And I just try to enjoy myself as much as I can on the golf course because I'm out there playing golf. Why should I not enjoy myself? Right. And you like winning, right? Yeah. Good. Certainly helps. So, so when you, so when you're having a bad day on, on the course, how do you how do you keep from getting so upset? You know, because sometimes you know you're not going to have a, a, a below par round every time. But how, how do you keep how do you keep your sanity when you're playing bad? I said earlier, just find something that keeps me calm, keeps me motivated, keeps me focused on the next shot. Because I know I have the ability to shoot under par every time. Obviously, not going to do it. It's how it works. But you know, it's just stay calm because I know I can do it. So just don't lose my sanity over it. That's just good. remain That's focused. Good. That's good. And awesome. Who are some of your favorite players on the tour right now? That's hard. Um, I would say Tiger, Rory, Jason Day. Okay. Matt Wolf, close to be top players. All right. Good, good, good. And what are, what are some of the favorite courses that you've played uh, thus far? Because I know you've played a lot of courses of, around the country, uh, what would you say would be your top three courses that you've played at thus far? I have played um, 
or it's called Rattlesnake Ridge. Where's Ridge that? Wood. Where's that? Where's that? Um, awesome. Somewhere in Ohio. Okay. Columbus. North of Columbus. Okay. And then Ridgewood Country Club. It's in Waco. And then Innisbrook. And where is that? Innisbrook's in Florida. Florida. It's okay. where they play the uh, the Valspar at. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Familiar with the Valspar. All right. Good. And how many hole-in-ones have you had, Awesome, thus far? Three. You've had three? Yeah. I haven't had one in a long time, too. <laughs> so so you, you're due for one? Should be due for one. <laughs> good. I've been good, due good. for one for about four years. Okay. I've been waiting 20 years, so. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good. All right. Well, listen, um, we, we want to open it up for some Q&A. Awesome. We got, again, we got about 13, 14 junior parents on here. We may have some juniors on here, too, Awesome. So uh, we'll open it up for some Q&A. Uh, we want to thank you for being on the program. Um, I know as a, as a, as a junior, uh, you know, you don't have a lot to talk about yet, but that'll get, that'll come with time. But uh, any questions for Awesome uh, tonight uh, for, for those that's on the webinar tonight? Yeah, I got something for you, Awesome. This is Andre. Just curious to know, um, stat-wise, like what, What's like your average, maybe in the last few tournaments, average fairways, greens, kind of average putts per round, where you are, where you want to be in those those particular areas? I don't know what those are off the top of my head, I'll be honest. But where I would want to be is I would want to hit every fairway, every green, and there make every putt. It seems fairly obvious. There we go. <laughs> Right. That, that's where I'm going. You know, the, when you start knowing those stats, like you start working towards certain stats, like just knowing the numbers, especially when you already have the talent, it just puts something tangible that now you can. You should know your numbers. So, you know, little mark, those fairways, greens, and, and you show them then. <laughs> I do know them. I know dad knows. I don't remember them <laughs> off the top of my head like that. You know, but that's what I'm saying. Mr. So, Studious over there with his glasses off. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing you unmute to, man. <laughs> okay, Come on. Mark. Okay, Mark. What's his numbers, Mark? We know you want to know. With with fairways and fairways and uh, greens and regulations and putts. Without even looking at him, his fairways are about 62, 63, uh, 65 around his uh, greens and regulation. That's with a bad tournament in there. Mm -hmm. And his scoring average is well, here. I'll just tell you. I just open up the app. I'm gonna guess. Uh, let's see. What you want? Last five tournaments this yeah, year. That's fine. That's twenty. I'm just curious to see where, where he's at and see if he. Uh, well, he just shot sixty nine, sixty eight yesterday to win. Okay. Um. So like there, what, what was like for example? What were the putts with that? Like uh, so putts. for two days, it was a total of sixty putts. I didn't but, make anything. He okay. didn't make no putts. Yeah. I hit 31 of 36 greens. Wow. Okay. Wow. And he couldn't putt. Big greens? Um, huh? Of course, with large greens, or were they more Are they middle? They were kind of large, but I was hitting them to the right sections. I just didn't make anything. Okay. He missed 12 missed, putts. Missed a lot of putts from like eight, from like four to eight feet for birdie. Yeah. Mm. See, that's where I'm going. Like, he, he knows where his stats are, but just like – those people that we know, those Jordans, those Tom Brady's, how would they look at those same stats, right? 
Mm-hmm. And like, like all, that's what I'm trying to get you to look at. What would LeBron look at it like? What would any, any hero in golf, Jason Day, like when they do the interview at the end, they'll, they'll rattle off what they did, tell you how they did it. How no, that's true. And, and be able to break it down throughout the, the, each day throughout the four days. On, on Saturday, I did this. On Thursday, I did. And, and that's all I'm saying. The more ingrained you are, no different than if you're aiming at a tree or are you aiming at a small branch on the tree? Are you aiming at the little hole on the branch on the tree, right? I'm just trying to get you to understand that the more you focus your brain, the more you know it, the deeper you can die, right? But you're, you're on the right path, man. Like, yeah, keep shooting those numbers. <laughs> them lower. That's right. All lower, right. Right? We got to get them lower. That's not where we need to be yet. So but that's awesome, man. Keep it up. Keep yeah. up the good work. All right. Next question for awesome. Hey, awesome. I have a question. First of all, congratulations. You sound like you're pretty good. And at that age, I mean, that's amazing. Um, I was curious, you said very confidently, and I think the significant that you know, you can break par, like you know that. And that's huge, because I think in every person's life, adult or child, there's a point where they know that. And then and, and until that point happens, they don't, right? It's like a doubt in their mind. So what do you recall what age you were when you realized that you could do it consistently? And also, do you remember like the transition mentally from going from, I hope I shoot par to, there's no reason why I shouldn't be shooting par better? I really don't remember when that transition came in. I just can remember when I was 10 years old at Worlds, I shot two sixty nines. It's the first time I ever shot in the 60s. And I think that's the first time I could probably recall, like, I could really shoot under par much every time because I'm definitely good enough to. So there's no reason why I shouldn't. And how old were you, Awesome? I was 10 at that point. Okay. Okay. Awesome. That's cool. You have a perfect name for how you play. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You call it, it was, average. His idea. His idea. You call it average. <laughs> All right. Next question for Awesome, y'all. Hey, awesome. Uh, Sean uh, here in Nebraska. Um, I hate COVID happened, man. We were going to come up and check you out uh, last Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in South Dakota. Uh, you probably wouldn't have wanted us to, <laughs> but we wanted to. We really wanted to. So, yeah. You didn't miss none. <laughs> I, no, I, I saw the scores. I was paying attention. But, hey, you, you got some fans uh, here in Nebraska, so keep up the good work. Likewise. Thank you. All right, next question for all. Uh, one thing I want to say to Jamie, you know, one thing I say well, pretty much to everybody, like when you're a kid, like he used to win a lot, but we didn't really understand early enough about going low, low, because just our competition wasn't as good. We think we're in Dallas and it's the best competition. And he was winning with 39s and 38s and 40s, but he was winning. And then we would go places and be like, and these kids are shooting 32, and then it's kind of like a shot. So, you know, one thing about – I always say to everybody, like, just because you win when you little, winning ain't everything. Like my man said, you got you got to learn how to go low. Yeah. So – you know, you could win a lot, and wins, they kind of weighted in junior golf. Like, you know, you win one thing, it ain't the same as winning everything. You know, sometimes you could go, like Corey, 
Sean played up and he shot 40, that 40 might be better than a 32 on a very easy course against nobody. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. So y'all got to – you got to make sure – like you said, you got to – it's about learning how to score in this game. You got to score. You got to learn how to score. And, and the earlier you can do that, the better. So, like, like she said, you got to learn how to transition into – because it was hard for us to go – like, my son could wake up and shoot 37 – and he could shoot 71, 70, and he could do it all day long. Every time he got the three under par, he would freak out. <laughs> like, I mean, it happened 50 times. Right. He get the one point where I made a nine on a hole when it happened. Yeah. He shot an even par with a nine. Wow. And, and it was – and then it just happened when he accidentally shot 69, and then it was easy. Mm. And I do it all the time, but it's like, you know – you just gotta learn, man. That's, that's all I gotta say. Thank you. Hey, awesome. What's your low? <laughs> what's your low? What's your low? Eighteen. Uh, sixty-four. Good. Granted, those were on two very short courses, but I guess sixty-four still sixty-four. Eleven years old. Dude. Yeah, I was still driving greens. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. All right. Any other questions for Awesome, y'all? Hey, Awesome. When's your next tournament? Next tournament's next week on Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. You got any any, any AJG on the calendar? You got AJG huh? coming up? Yeah, I have, I'm playing at the Junior All Star in uh, at AM. That's good. Now I got a question I'm for you. We can right? get to Michigan. All right. Hey, come to PA, man. We'll wait for you. <laughs> <laughs> question for you, right? When you play, coming. off. When you play golf, right, and the score, the score of the other opponents is available. Do you do you like to look at the scores to see where you are, or you just go play your game? I actually like to look at other people's scores. Why is that? Why? It's like to see where I'm at, see what kind of everyone else is doing, see what I really have to do. Mm-hmm. Hey, awesome! How, how, you have to look now, what? Gus. You don't have no choice because you yeah, have to exactly. keep your. <laughs> you have to keep your score on the um, on your phone. Yo, yeah, you're right. It's actually more stressful to not look at scores. Hey, Mark, what was uh after the first day? What it was? He had the other kid had a three shot lead. You talking about the other day? You talking about Gibson? yeah? Was it three, three yeah. or four? Three. 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 Gibson shot sixty six. Yeah. Hey, Mark. So, hey, so I, wait, hold up. Mark, I know your mindset, but also, what was your mindset that night knowing you were back three going into the next day? You can't play shoot. the same game I played yesterday because Gibson ain't going to shoot another 66. You can't shoot that again. <laughs> there, you, there you go. There you go. I was more worried, was worried about the guys behind me. Yeah, I was worried about the kid from uh, Mansfield. Mansfield. Cameron Beck. Mansfield, yep. Cameron Beck, he good. Hey Mark, this is Curry. When are you guys gonna be coming to Michigan? Did I did I hear that correctly? Yeah, blue. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. You did, fam. Um, if I wanted to meet Dave. That that's gonna be uh, August the third through sixth. We going to Bloomfield that's Hills. Oh, I need to be there. Oh yeah, I'm yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. I'll be down there. I'll meet you too, sure. Mister Reed. We'll we'll kick it. <laughs> oh yeah, no yeah. doubt. I'm coming. I'll come over. That's only an hour and a half away. I'll, I'll make it. Yeah, we just got in. We just I signed him up for it yesterday, so he in it. So 
That's we're just hoping COVID don't shut us down again. Right, right, right. And, and speaking of what y'all were speaking of, guys, yeah. it's real. It's real key for us to connect when we travel. Um, I had a chance to connect with uh, Maurice. Uh, while we were in Pinehurst this past weekend, and we had a great fellowship, right, Reese? Yes, sir. Yeah, and so you know, keep your eyes open for for the junior tournament. See if somebody's coming in your area. Try to post when your uh, when your juniors are playing, so that way we can connect with you. Because I mean, if we're only a couple hours away, we can come watch you play. We can. I mean, Maurice, you know, pretty much rode you know rode with John the first two you know in round the the full round. Of round two while we while we were playing in Pinehurst, and so uh, that was awesome. That was awesome. You you had a chance to do that. Hey hey, Ro, I got a question. Yes, sir. Uh, hey, awesome. So my son is ten, and we head to uh, Pinehurst to play uh, Legacy Links at the end of this month in Worlds. Um, he's on the call right now. Do you have any advice for him? Um, keep it in place and. It just hit the ball at the hole. I remember that was probably the best week I had shipping and putting of my life. Wow. That, that was where I first shot, actually, the first time I ever shot in the 60s. Got it. Okay. That course was, somebody shot 62, 63 on that course, so I will say that course is also kind of easy. It's gettable, all right? Okay. Okay. Sure. Hey, I got a question. Uh, this is Corey uh, Camden's dad. And so um, my question, because I was listening to Andre a little bit earlier, um, and he was talking about allowing kids to make mistakes. And so right now, Camden, literally anything that is hitting into the green, he does by himself. He puts by himself. He chips by himself. He does all of that. I don't even go on the green most of the time. But I help select clubs. At what age did you um, begin to select your own clubs without a lot of um, advice for your, from, you know, your, your cat or dad? You know? it, for non-tournaments, I guess I was probably around 11. And I started doing that. I just started kind of playing golf. And he would just kind of sit, he just kind of sit in the cart. He still does that. Just kind of sits in the cart, observes, watches when things go wrong, watches when things go right. Thank you. Earlier, I took too long. <laughs> so what age would you recommend, uh, Mark, to let, to let the kids select their own clubs? Like uh, Mr. Pillow said, every kid is different. Um, you got to know your kid. But I think in practice, they should almost always do it. You should just take notes and then try to maybe correct them after they do it. But in practice, like – so I believe that there's levels of tournaments. So we still play one day. But I might make my son go out there and hit it left-handed one if we play on a one day. We might go only hit phase. So if you're playing a local tour event, and I know when your kid is six and seven and eight, you really care about them local tour events. I know, I know how it is. When they get 11, you're going to be like, man, I don't give a shit about no local tour or, or you know – that's just practice. So you got to find a place for them competitively to practice without – you don't necessarily got to throw them in the fire, but if they like 10 years old, 8 years old, 9 years old, awesome could do it, but I didn't let him do it. And now I'm going to say the worst part of his game is club selection. Hmm. And it's because I picked his clubs all the damn time. And – so I blame myself for that. He getting better. So 
you know, now when the wind blow, I'm like, uh-oh, here we go. This dude's going to be misclubbing himself fine. He don't hit the ball bad. It's always misclubs why he screw up. So, I mean, if, if his son is six and he already picking his own clubs, man, that's, that's good, that's bro. Good. Yeah, and I can pick you back. My son was a robot, bro. <laughs> I just did everything he told me to just do. Told him to do everything. Yeah, we have. You. Oh, what, we, what we do, we have uh, forces. What I used to do is that a local tournament where I don't carry. I just let them on. I just drop on the course, let them do their own thing, pick the clubs, do everything. Mm-hmm. Well, on the U.S. kids, where it matters, they not go caddy. Well, I give him a chance when, when local tournament, which I don't really care about, just let them just go, drop them off, let them go do their own thing. So that was the way I give them that chance to learn on, on their own. That's good, man. That's good. And, and that's, what, that's what we're doing right now, Gus, um, the exact same thing. But, but Ty's been picking his clubs for a, at least a year. Uh, the problem we're having now is he's picking his club to the number as opposed to a little bit shorter than the number. So, you know, he had 137 today. Took a six iron and it went 140. I could tell you a week and a half ago, the six iron wasn't going 137. Right now, it 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 back pin and he's long. You know, he's smoking right. it. So he knows he knows his numbers better than I do just from, from playing. So um, it's, I think I'm fired as a cat. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, every, every week we we fired as caddies every week. <laughs> So I want to say this right quick. Um, I agree with everything you all are saying um, in terms of allowing the kids to develop um, because specifically Camden didn't start shooting the scores that y'all see now until I started letting him put on his own because he was so used to me telling him everything about the putt that he needed to do and he never got the feel for himself. And during the off season, all I said, I'm going to allow him to do every putt. And now I can't even help him with putting because he reads everything, but his scores started going low. That's good. That's good, Corey. All right, y'all. Any any last questions for um for uh, awesome before we get ready to put a wrap on this uh podcast? Any other questions for awesome? Okay. So so um awesome. Give us your give us your final analysis of this podcast. What do you what do you want other junior players to know? I want to know like what tournaments they should be playing and other maps like just understand how to play golf, understand that they all have the talent, especially if they're, you know, pretty pretty good at golf. They would all have the, all the talent, obviously, and they all have the talent to, to play at an elite level. So just understand that they all should know that. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Dre, put a, put a final analysis on our, on our podcast tonight, bro. Thank you for being awesome and, and Dre. Um, all right, Andre, put a final. Muted himself. <laughs> can you guys? Oh, yeah, you can you hear me now. Yeah, we yeah. can hear. Yep. No, yeah. I, I was just saying that this is this is a uh, uh, it really recharged me. I, I've had a, a real tough uh, uh, spring just with the COVID and dealing with everything and starting a business that's growing at two courses. But like, we have the talent, and now, awesome. What I'm gonna tell you, man, is like like and for the adults, our our Aggregate tour players are good, but my opinion is they may not be good enough if we give them spots or not. I'm just saying that. Kids like this, we need to put everything behind them, all these parents and kids, because like these conversations we're talking about, 
is what gets them over that hump. We got to go lower. Our guys are not going low enough, which is why they're not on the tour. We can talk this race stuff all we want, but if they go low now, they get on tour. Bottom line. So our kids got to go lower. Thank you for having me. I'm ready to help you guys out in any way that I can. All right. Thank you, Dre. Thank you, Awesome. Thank you, Junior Parents, for being on. That puts a wrap on the podcast tonight. Thank you all for being on. Y'all have a good night, okay? Thank you, Mark. <laughs> all right, Mark. Good night, y'all.